Now it is time for Inspirational Women. And my guest, Dr. Catherine Athens, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's also an author whose latest book, The Heart Brain, has a lot of relevant information and insights for our life now and going forward. So let's meet Dr. Athens to learn more. Dr. Catherine Athens, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Oh, thank you, and good morning to you, and good morning to everyone who's listening. Well, you know, the wonderful thing about this is that people listen perhaps live at this hour. On the other hand, it's a podcast, and I know you also have your own podcast. So isn't that just a marvelous thing to have podcasts so you can listen when it fits into a schedule? I think it's wonderful because, yes, it's available to people when they're available, and that's uh, very new. I don't think people realize how new on-demand is, but it's certainly uh, very recent that we've been able to do all these things. Yes, exactly. And what's wonderful is that at some point a person may Google or Bing uh, your name, a subject, and then all of a sudden they have the option of some of these podcasts popping up as well, besides having those podcasts on a particular app. Yes. Oh, no, no, it's wonderful. And, you know, I really appreciate people like you who have these programs for people Because people need that kind of support right now, you know. People need to understand that there's support actually everywhere. And having you do this show and knowing they can tune in, they can come on, and they can listen again and again is very supportive and satisfying for people who are a bit afraid and anxious. And, you know, that's another very good point to just mention here at the outset is that repetition ability of podcasts is that you might hear something and think, now, what was that? Or I know in my life, sometimes I've wanted to re-listen to a story over and over because it just really begins to sink into my cells. Yes, absolutely. I, I know as kids, my brother and I used to watch some old movies over and over and over and over. And they used to play them on Saturday, early Saturday mornings and early Sunday mornings where you could do that. they just play the movie, it would end, and then they play it again. And uh, it, it's a kind of security. It's kind of known substance. So when people can tune into you and then know they can do it again, it's like meeting an old friend again. Mm. You know, it's it's that kind of certainty. And with things being so uncertain with this COVID, this is a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful support so that people can find some solace and some certainty and peace. Yes, absolutely. And that is a key thing of thinking about this whole time in general. Here we are in in December, this month where it's typically filled with different kinds of festivals from all our diverse cultures, so much to, to celebrate. And we might be feeling really uh, disheartened about that, really depressed about that. And yet... Th- The reason that you and I are having this conversation this morning, Dr. Athens, is to 
think about how we might fashion this, create this to be a time that we feel buoyed up, that we feel we can make it uh, be a special time. It doesn't have to be exactly the way it was in the past, and we need to maybe address that. Right? Well, a- absolutely. There's a, you know, people like to say this silver lining, but there's a blessing in this if we stop and realize, wait a moment, we have an opportunity to stay home, to be quiet. No one's expecting us to to uh, dress in the latest fashions, to uh, tout, you know, the latest stuff. People have an opportunity we haven't had probably for 50 years or more where you can sit down and you can start playing with your kids. You can get to know your family again. You can have discussions about what the family thinks of various issues and what are the family values. You know, I don't think very many of us have time to sit down and talk to our kids. We're too busy running around and in the Silicon Valley where people are expected to work 12 to 14 hours a day, it's very difficult to be able to do that. So there is a blessing here if we will take it and use it. And so let's consider it in that fashion. Certainly, it's been the situation since March for most of us. And I always like to qualify this by saying that certainly some people, and I think of the first responders and those in healthcare that are really on the front lines, it is such a a different situation for this group of people. But even in that circumstance, I think there's a, what we're saying is there's a way to find that kind of a peace and, and look for a way to find the joy just in the moments, even when things are so hard and, and seem so, well, dismal around us. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And for God bless all those frontline workers and the courage they show, and the tenacity, and their willingness to put their lives at risk to save other lives. It's phenomenal. I marvel always at the firefighters who do that, who march in. In California, we've had so many wildfires where the smoke and house fires, the smoke is so toxic, and yet these young men and women are willing to go in and risk their lives to help another person whom they don't even know. You know, that's something to think about, that people are willing to help each other. Even if we don't know the person, we're willing to go and and be of service. And that's, um, I think that's something that really hasn't happened in the history of the human, you know? Right. So rather than having all this sadness about this time, it's a very serious time. It's a a time where we have to look at our values, certainly, all the way around. And that fact that people are risking their lives, are working nonstop to save other people's lives. What a, a wonderful characteristic it is of humanity that we're seeing now. Yes. Oh, I was trying to put myself in the mindset of of 
those frontline workers, of the staff who go into nursing homes where really there has been in many locations such a huge outbreak and what it takes to just really still keep going back day after day because you know you're needed and that they need you. Yes, it's amazing to me. It's lovely that people do that. It's lovely that people are willing to be so dedicated because, you know, usually in the news we hear about how undedicated people are and all the bad things about humanity. And now, finally, we're saying, wait a moment, look at these qualities. This is something that we need to acknowledge and to keep in the front of our minds that there is a lot of good in people, and it's being shown every day of this pandemic, and people are learning how to to volunteer. People, certainly a lot of my clients uh, who are depressed, I recommend they volunteer at the food bank, or they volunteer uh, at a charity and because when you volunteer and you're giving, it actually affects the serotonin in the brain where you have more serotonin. And more serotonin, it's the feel-good chemical. It makes you feel good. It's the self-esteem chemical. So when you're able to do that, and, and the pandemic has offered us those opportunities, things change in the mind. And we become more humble, too. Looking at, I know the L.A. City School District a few weeks ago got together, and within a a period of hours, they donated 150,000 meals for Thanksgiving. It was over Thanksgiving. And in the whole donating time, I think it was like half a million meals for Thanksgiving in that area. And people were working, young people, old people, in between people were working together to get boxes together for people for three days' worth of meals. And there's such joy in doing that. The basic kinds of things that people need food, and to get that together and to be able to give that to someone is quite a gift. But it's a gift to the giver as well as the person who receives it, you know? Yes. There is a great joy in the giving, and especially the giving of ourselves. Oh, yes. Yes, it's true. You know, people can't go to residential care centers, but people can, and I did this when I was in graduate school, people can record stories and send those recorded stories over to those centers that People can listen to different stories with different voices and in the center and have some different kind of entertainment. And it's a voice of another human being, and that is always comforting to have that human voice attached to a story. So there's so many things we can do to give of ourselves, so many things that we can think of, our, our imaginations, also now get to be, you know, they get to be activated. And uh, I don't think we've thought of all these things before because we're so busy. I know 
I'm so busy with my work. I get up and I have a schedule. Boom, 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 boom. It has to be done. It has to go off. You know, I can't be late. Uh, and I think a lot of people now, uh, when they're working from home, uh, in the Silicon Valley, they have more time, and they're being there with their children. And even though it's very difficult, and the children are very upset about what's going on, it's a time to be able to sit down, have a family meeting, and explain what's going on, and get the children to contribute their feelings, their ideas, their emotions, you know, and what would they do about it? How would they handle it? So include them in the conversation. I don't think we include children enough because kids have such amazing ideas, you know? Yes. Their creativity is really phenomenal because they still haven't had enough years of maybe being shunted down or pushed back. But this is the opportunity to encourage them and solicit ideas. Yes, exactly. And, you know, for a kid to be able to do that and be included, it builds uh, attachment, self-esteem. Attachment is so important. And we have so many kids who are not well attached to their parents for whatever reason, and that creates so much emotional problems throughout life and later on in life. There are a couple, um, well, there are several psychologists who've worked on this, but there's a couple in Berkeley who've been doing research on attachment and disorganized attachment and how important it is that we have healthy attachment with our children for not only our lives but for their lives uh, going forward because uh, disorganized attachment, unhealthy attachment, causes all kinds of aberrant, strange behaviors, and kids become delinquents even as, as early as the age of 11, 11 and a half, and then everybody's going, why did that happen? You know, what happened here? But we forgot about the basic things. And I guess when I was growing up, you know, people, you weren't talking to your kids. I had a family where my dad was willing, if there was an important decision, to have a family meeting and get all of our input. And that was very rare, you know. Kids were to be seen or not even seen and not heard. They were to stay out of the way and be quiet. And now we're realizing that's not the way we need to operate. Kids need a healthy relationship with their parents. They need to build memories. They need to have fun. I know we were starting to talk about this guilt, you know, giving, guilt gift giving, and how parents feel bad, and so they want to buy the biggest, brightest, newest thing. And that's not the point, really. I mean, obviously, if your child wants a certain toy or something, I think it's important to sit down and say, can we buy it? But not to go overboard. Instead, to talk to your kid and find out, you know, maybe to go in the backyard if you have a backyard. You know, if you live in an apartment 
maybe to get some big pots and start growing things together and talk about how is it you put a seed in this stuff and it looks pretty bad it's brown and sometimes doesn't smell great and the seed grows into a beautiful plant or flower you know how does all that happen and that that spurs all kinds of conversation and people can go on the internet or get books and talk about what's that all about we don't even know i know I taught school for a while, and you say to the kid, I taught first grade and taught a lot of grades, and I say, okay, where does food come from? Oh, the Safeway. <laughs> right. <laughs> say, yeah, you're right. That's true. <laughs> but where's the Safeway get it? You know, from the warehouse. No. <laughs> so I think it's, uh, it's a time to reset, readjust on the way my office this morning, I heard the DJ talk about this is the time to reset our values, to reset who we are as a society. And isn't that amazing that we get that opportunity to do that? I don't know, you know, of any other large, powerful countries in the history of the world who get to redefine themselves right in the middle of this pandemic. Who are we? What are we? What do we stand for? And kids have such an important role there because as you pointed out, Kate, kids are not adulterated yet. (laughs) 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 That's what I tell my my clients. I said, well, we've all been adulterated, so we have to figure out how we're going to get through that. You know, and kids haven't. They have fresh ideas and and interesting thoughts. Which is how, with that kind of attitude, with our kids, dependent on the ages that they're at, to talk about this season and gifts where there might be the expectations of something big and grand that's being advertised uh, versus what the reality of finances are, uh, which might be still be good, might not be so good? And where is our value? You know, what is really important and being able to, we have the opportunity to make those kinds of conscious decisions at this point. Oh, absolutely. And certainly, you know, if if we've known that our child wants a certain thing and maybe we've been saving for it, and that's a good thing to say, yeah, we've been saving for it, and this is what we've done, and and so we could probably afford one, uh, maybe not the biggest, brightest, but one. I know, uh, unfortunately, where I live, parents forget that kids, uh, when they learn to drive, they forget that kids bump into things. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes they'll get, their child a new Porsche or a Jaguar or something like that uh, instead of the nice old jalopy, you know, that we got when we were learning to drive. And so then it becomes a catastrophe if you happen to bump into something and make a dent or a bump or, or whatever. And every kid uh, makes mistakes like that. So I suggest you know, going to the used car lot for that kind of stuff. And I know that Xbox is very 
very important, but maybe there's something else you could do right now, or maybe make it a project to save up and maybe buy, buy some of the, um, the things that go with it right now, knowing that in a month everybody has been saving for that and then make that something that the family can buy together so that there's that constant underpinning of we're in this together, we're working together. This is how much money we have to spend. How do we do it? And it's just so important. And kids make good decisions. Uh, Years ago, I'm a big football fan, and the 49ers got to go the first time to Miami. It's a long story, so I won't go into it, but my husband sold my tickets. I said, oh, no, I have to go. So I got my daughter, and we went to Miami. And uh, But before we did, we were at a hotel, and I had gotten a lot of money. I had done drug rehab with rock stars, so I had collected. And, and so we had money to go. And so she said, I want to go now. I want to go now. I said, okay. I said, let's call up the lady at the airplane and find out if we went tonight, how much it would cost. So I laid out all the cash on the floor, and the lady gave her a number, so I wrote it down and explained what it was, how many dollars. So then we counted the money we had, and she counted it. And I said, well, look, if we go tonight, we could go, but all that money will go for tonight. But if we go tomorrow, we'll have all that money for the trip. What would you like to do? And she said, oh, I'll go tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't that great that this is an opportunity to discuss finances and money and and value in that way? And, you know, laying it out as graphically as you did with your daughter, you know, it begins to make sense. It's That's an invaluable lesson for life. Yes. Yeah, so we, you know, to look at it and to see and not to put judgment on, oh, I can't or not now, but to be reasonable and to look at what's available now. It doesn't mean that's all that's going to be available tomorrow. I'm a very big um, proponent of positive thinking and, you know, using your intuition to create something more of value. And kids create all of these wonderful new businesses. You know, they come up with all kinds of ideas, and maybe this is a time to sit down with your child or children and say, well, what business could we create? What would you like to do? What kinds of things do you think might be good to raise some money, you know, and do that as a family as well, because that's a fun project. And then carry it out. Keep your word. Uh, I always tell parents, if you tell your child something, you must keep your word. You must have complete integrity with your kid. And that's a new habit for a lot of people. And an important one, right? Obviously. It's an important habit for every day. Yes. And it's something that people are also learning how to do. So that's another opportunity of this age we're living in. 
of this thing that's going on, you know, that we have the opportunity to develop our integrity and think about what we are promising and think about what we say and the effect it has on other people, especially our kids, because our kids learn to lie. They don't lie. I know when my daughter was little, her girlfriend told her that she lied to her mother all the time and asked my daughter, do you lie to your mom? And she said, no. And then my daughter told me, you know, that her friend lies all the time. I said, what did you say? She said, well, I don't lie. I don't think it's a good idea. I said, maybe you need to support your friend in telling the truth and see how that goes. But obviously she had an experience, the girlfriend, where she got punished or judged for telling the truth. Mm -hmm. So these are things, these are projects we can work on with the kids at this time that have lasting meaning. I mean, what do you remember? You don't remember the big toy. I know one of my girlfriends used to give these wonderful toys. And then about three days later, she'd start taking one away, two away. She put it up in the closet and she'd rewrap it for the following <laughs> year. <laughs> That's ingenious. <laughs> I thought, wow. She said, well, they like it for about a day or two, and then they don't even remember they have it. And I said, oh, I said, wow. And sometimes I've noticed the children like the boxes things come in more than they like the thing. And That's true. And I think that shows their creativity, and that ought to be encouraged. And so don't think about those expensive kinds of things. It's, yeah, creating that desire to just create and engage. These are invaluable gifts that we can share with our family. Absolutely. And we can do it now. And we can remember that we were creative if we stopped being creative, that we had that ability. We can remember that and we can uh, reconnect ourselves with that creativity, which is really a lot of fun, you know, because we stop doing those things. We stop painting. We stop finger painting. We stop uh, making mobiles generally, you know, for other things. So this is an opportunity to do those things. And there are actual books and wonderful books on making different stuff and how to make stuff together. And uh, that's a wonderful opportunity to have the family together to communicate. It's a wonderful memory, you know, I mean, as a kid, I remember my dad had a woodworking shop and taught us how to cut wood and how to file. And I remember I made my first truck when I was about five years old or four years old. And, and I was so proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, it was, yeah. and you're remembering that as, as a, a very delightful time. And it's there's a, a kind of gift a regifting that goes on in that memory. Exactly. Right. Yes. There is. And so I encourage people to think 
forgive the pun, outside of the box here <laughs> and, uh, and talk to your kids. What do you want to do? What could we do? What could we do as a family? We are still allowed to go to different parks and maybe um, read about the park before you go. Read about the flora and the fauna and all this stuff. And maybe when you go, then there are some flowers or some plants you can identify. And that makes the experience so much better. And maybe when you come home, it's time to draw some of those things. Draw your experience. You know, what was the most important part of your experience? Put it down on a piece of paper. Hang the papers on the wall. I still have old drawings and projects from my kids all over the den. (laughs) People think it's funny, but it's lovely to remember that, you know? Exactly. Yes. Well, this is just too little time to be able to really get into more detail. But I think that you've given us great food for thought, Dr. Athens. We should mention your website, though, because there people can learn more about you and get more ideas and find out about your books, which are a great support. We touched on the brain and our feelings. The Heart Brain is one of your newer books. So let's mention your website. Sure. it's You can go to either... KatherineAthensPhD.com, and Catherine is spelled with a C, and Athens is A-T-H-A-N-S, not like the city, KatherineAthensPhD.com, or Angels, with a plural, many angels, Island.com, and you mentioned, Kate, the heart brain. I recommend people get that book. It's an amazingly wonderful book in its second printing, it talks about the importance of the heart, and it reorients us as to how we know things, how we understand things. So you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on my website. It's my pleasure to talk to you, my pleasure to be your guest, and here's to everyone who is going through this transition, you know, and may it be with light and grace and fun and energy. How about that? That's great. That's a wonderful way to just embrace it all and move forward as we wrap up this year and move into a new one. So I do thank you for all that you do and for certainly taking time with us this morning, Dr. Athens. It's been just wonderful. Thank you. And the same for you. Thank you for having this show and and allowing me to be here. It's my great pleasure. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Catherine Athens and Sunday Morning Magazine with Ravi Hattising. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of finding ease, peace, and contentment. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. 
good morning and have a great Christmas time.